Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How am I managing it all and staying chill this back-to-school season? With Ollie Gummies. They're deliciously delightful supplements like laser focus, goodbye stress, and blackberries in sleep. Make it easier for me to find balance amidst all the calendar chaos. Head to OLLY.com to try for yourself. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, it's In the Clinch MMA Podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. And uh, Ryan, I just flew in from Las Vegas and boy are my arms tired. Who was that, Henny Youngman or something that used to do that line? But yeah, uh, yeah did, uh, I mean, what? Did, uh, did, did uh, on flying on the way in, did, it, did your flight attendants do the lost wages joke? No, but I probably did. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just seems like I, I mean, I've probably flown, I've probably flown there two hundred times in my lifetime, lifetime at least, and it's just like, oh yeah, the joke, ha ha ha, everybody. I heard that one before. I will say, on the way back, we, I was flying. Um, well, so on the way back, um, I get on the plane, and then the flight attendants, <laughs> and this was so ironic. They say, oh, I want to welcome you all to WestJet are flying in today to Winnipeg and, you know, blah, 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 flight time. And then all of a sudden, like, all these people are, like, gasping. And then and then all of a sudden the wait just like, oh, I'm just kidding. We're going to Calgary or something like that because, like, I was actually – I had to do a connecting flight in Calgary. But I don't know why she said Winnipeg. But all these people thought they were going to Winnipeg and they like panicked because the the waitress for some reason said we were going to Winnipeg. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I don't have to transfer now. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was kind of funny. But no, on the way there, it was just, you know, I was really tired. Um, I don't know why, because I flew out at like five o'clock in the afternoon. But I just I don't know what it was. Just a long day of waiting to go. And uh, but by the time I got to Vegas, I you know I had a good time. I had a good time with all the F4W and Fiky Media people. And um, if you're on the Discord, you'll see a lot of pictures that we posted. And we had a great time just eating and watching shows together and hanging out. And it was all good time. And I recommend it for everybody if you can get out there one year. It's kind of uh, we're co-opting it. We even had our own Fiky Media dinner um, on uh, which we've never done on uh, the Saturday, I believe it was. Yeah, that was the day of the. Um, the Dallas Stars the Vegas Knights game. We we had about twenty five people there, and it was uh, spouses and stuff, and it was a lot a lot of fun. But uh, we're here to talk some MMA, and uh, the home of uh, UFC in Las Vegas uh, was. But they were dark this weekend, um, and uh, but we do have a show coming up. They're back at the Apex, um, and well, uh, they weren't completely dark this week weekend. 
Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, you, you wrote to the UFC, right. And you said you, you did catch some of it. On I caught, like I said I you would. Some, I caught some highlights. Highlights, you know, mostly mostly on Twitter. Twitter stuff highlights. A lot, a lot of good finishes. Apparently these shows were, like, really good. <laughs> and it's funny. They were they were inside the UFC performances too there in Shanghai. And it was set up, and there was fans there. And even this was a million times better environment than the Apex. Really? There in Vegas. Well, so they like they had crowds there. Yeah, they had crowds there. Yeah. They, okay. Yeah, it was a, even even the Performance Institute in Shanghai was a million times better environment environment than the Apex. It just shows how bad the, it exposes how, how bad just the Apex is is now. I mean, it's just. But yeah, there was a lot of exciting finishes. Finishes some brutal knockouts. Uh, there was one. One on episode two, the very first fight, it was a standing elbow knockout that was just brutal. Ooh, and like a and, like a Judas effect kind of thing, or no, more more like just uh, you, you, I'm trying to remember what fight it was. It feels like it was a Mike Perry fight or okay. a Matt Brown fight or a Matt Brown fight. Oh, this fight is where the just, uh, yeah. Ta- Tayalaki Nuraji. Yeah, over Hansu Kim. Yeah, I've got yeah. the results up here. You yeah, said that so, Mark Goddard refing, eh? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, then yeah, just uh, these shows were really, they looked really good, and and a lot of good, a lot of exciting finishes, and from what from what I heard, a lot of exciting fights, and it got zero promotion from the, you know, yeah, the UFC I mean, promotion all week was about Power Slap Two, which nobody ugh. watched. You know, yeah, I saw the view counts on their YouTube. Like, <laughs> they got like over a million, or like, probably ten million subscribers on their YouTube channel, and they're getting like three thousand views. Yeah, on it's like, stuff. yeah, it's, you know, the video views on F4W. Uh, oh yeah, page gets better, it gets bigger, bigger than the power slot. Look, looking just looking at the results though, it like they almost look, read like um like Dana White Contender Series shows. Yeah, like, just you know, like and with a lot of finishes, like. Probably looks like I'd say about seventy five percent of the fights were finishes. Which yeah, um, yeah, they only yeah the episode four was all all finishes. There was only what two, four, six decisions out of twenty fights. Oh, there you go. So, but yeah, that's thirty uh, percent. So seventy percent. That was pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I uh, yeah, I might I might go back and check out some of this, or definitely maybe check out the next one. You said the next round is probably going to be in October, August. Um, August. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, I didn't even, I don't know why, but I didn't even know they had a UFC PI in Shanghai, but uh, so that's, yeah, that's cool. Um, And, and I guess what they do, it's, I would assume is they bring Mark Goddard out there to kind of help train the refs that are local. I I mean, I, I guess, uh, I think it was more than him refereeing. Well, yeah, they got like Thomas Fan, who you know, I think we've seen him. Just, just just people, people who are commissioned and licensed. Okay, okay. I just feels like it would be a a smart decision to you know like have the experienced guy there, and then you know the 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 less experienced refs that maybe are local can learn from him and you know pick his brain and stuff like that. Um, yeah, pretty pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that those aired. They're still up there on uh, USC Fight Pass or ESPN Plus in in the states. You can check them out. Um, and uh, you, you the first four episodes of UF, Road to UFC Shanghai uh, all aired Saturdays. Two aired on Saturday, May twenty seventh. The other two aired on Sunday, May twenty eighth. So you can check those out on demand if you like. And uh, and then this coming weekend, they're back on 
so where does, it says here ESPN and ESPN Plus. Is that right? Or is it all? Yeah, uh, real, real quick, real quick. We need to start. I forgot to put this in the rundown. We need to start something that premieres tonight. You know, Tuesday. Oh yeah, the, is it? Oh yeah, the um the um the the, the, the uh, Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter starts. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. So is it is it later? Like, is it on uh, on the TSN listings? I saw it. It was at uh, ten uh, ten Eastern, uh, nine our time. On what the on 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 TSN, but the I don't know if Ultimate what, Fighter. Yeah, and I, it seems to me it usually airs earlier, like it's seven. It's on. E, well, it's on ESPN this year, right? This year, but so. is it is it air? Like, what time is it airing in the states? I'm you know I'm pulling up my direct okay. guy right now. I I here it was ten o'clock Eastern, so I don't know if that's what time it's always aired. I know, like back in the day, it used to air at like eleven thirty, but that was you know that was when it aired after Raw. Yeah, yeah, it airs at ten ten Eastern. Nine, okay, nine Central okay. Time, yeah. So we're getting it live. So yeah. I think that's I think that's later because I I feel like it was like nine Eastern, eight Central um, when it was to, on ESPN Plus when it when it when it a. Uh, we aired on on Spike after Raw, you know. We knew. Yeah, it was at eleven. Then and then after that, it was all. It always felt like it was eight o'clock our time, Central Time. That's so right. Yeah, nine yeah, Eastern. That's, that's what I and thought. So it's it a to, little bit later. And then when it went to FX, FX and Fox Sports One, it was at ten Eastern. Okay. okay. And then then the fight pass fight pass ones felt like felt like they put them up at eight Eastern because it, I. Yeah, so, I feel like this is a this might actually be a better time for this show. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it's less likely that's going to be moved, but we're going to see a lot of promotion for uh, McGregor and Chandler, obviously, and uh, hopefully by the end of the series we'll know what the date is. I mean, that's what they're telling us. And uh, and then this was to remind everyone: this was one team is is young fighters that have never been in the UFC, and the other one are fighters that have been in the UFC before that are trying to get their way back in. Is that basically the gist of it? Uh well it's like well I mean half of half half the fighters in each division have been in have been in the UFC before half of them have it haven't okay. it you know it sounded it sounded like originally that it was like the veterans were with Chandler and the oh, were with McGregor. But it but might then be you look at but it might be mixed because I don't you know maybe Brad Katona ends up on McGregor's team because you know he's coached by John yeah. Kavanaugh and all that, yeah. so that'd be kind of odd for him to be on Chandler's team whenever his actual coaches outside of Ultimate Fighter are McGregor's team. So it'd be kind of I can't I can't wait to hear that Winnipeg dude talking like he grew up next door to Connor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like and like Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, yeah, and he never talked like that before. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, there was, uh, we were some of the other, uh, veterans that are, that people know. So the, the, that. uh, the former UFC fighters that are on the show are Hunter Azure, Cody Gibson, right. Brad Katona, Tamir Valiev, Kurt Holobaugh, Austin Hubbard, Jason Knight and Roosevelt Roberts. Hmm. Uh, Knight and Roberts are, are interesting for sure. And, uh, Katona could be, uh, could be a, a two-time winner yeah. if he's yeah. lucky. I would I would favor favoring each division. Uh, I, I mean I don't know I don't I have no spoilers or anything. Yeah, yeah. But if you're looking at me, Tamir Valiev and Roosevelt Roberts would be my favorites. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Jason Knight is uh, I don't know I was just someone that I always felt he had more than what he showed. So maybe some good coaching will will bring something out of him. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So yeah, check you can check that out and we'll talk about it next week. Uh ten o'clock Eastern, uh nine central, uh in the only time zone that matters, uh on uh, on ESPN, on big ESPN. So yeah, we got we got uh that to look forward to. And now we have the um uh well the regional MMA schedule, which we'll talk about. We're making you wait for this UFC on ESPN preview. Um and uh what do we, we there's an interesting one here. On Friday Friday afternoon, uh, SBC forty seven yeah. uh, on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, do you know anything about this one? Yeah, it's a Serbian battle championship, but it's also it's kind of a split promotion between Serbia SBC and Titan FC. So okay. Oh yeah, yeah, of, yeah. The, bunch yeah. of former UFC fighters on there. Pro, Michelle Brazera is in the main event. Alex Nicholson yeah. in the co-main event. Stefan Sokolovic against Cowboy Oliveira on the card. Wow. That is the same Oliveira, okay. Um, yeah, Alex, Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Wow. So the yeah, top three fights in there are, are pretty, uh, you know, well known. And that Nicholson looks like he's got a he's got a ten and zero heavyweight up against him. That looks like a freaking Mack truck. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, he's a Brazilian fighting out of Russia. Um, so yeah, and and the even uh, Prezeras has a undefeated uh, welterweight in the main event as well. So maybe these guys will you know get wins and then get signed by UFC. Um, also, yeah, the not nothing else on that one other than the top three fights. But that's that's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that uh, that promotion on UFC Fight Pass before. Of course, we've seen Titan FC uh, quite a lot on there. Um, we got one on uh, Prime. On uh, Friday, I believe, and PFL. Oh no, wait, that's next weekend. Friday, June third. Here we that's go. Next weekend, Sorry, yeah. Cage Warriors on Friday as well uh, on uh, UFC Fight Pass. Cage Warriors one fifty five, and uh, that. But that's from the. Uh, they're back. They're in back in California for this one uh, from San Diego. Oh, ten o'clock Eastern, right? Not ten. So yeah, that's. Um, no European fighters on there. Just yeah. uh, kind of weird that it's Cage Warrior show. Um, so, and well, they did we some got... California. They did some shows in California now with with American based talent and all that. Okay, all right. But it seems like it's taking over from the old like Tai Chi Palace fighting or yeah, know, yeah it kind of feels yeah. like that. Yeah. And then of course we have a KSW show, which is uh, one of the bigger uh international feds always entertaining shows that's on saturday afternoon i think it's on fight tv we get it here on the fight network in canada main event is actually a pretty big fight uh mohammed kaladoff and scott askham a former usc fighter um and then uh, marius pudzinowski their biggest star is fighting in one of the undercards against artur svika he's two and oh so i i'm assuming he's a celebrity um, I don't know that for sure, but I know how they book. So that's probably, that's probably it. We also got Powell Pollock, I believe is a former UFC fighter on the card. Uh, Mike, Mikhail Matirla. And uh, those are probably the only names on there that people would know. Um, and that is Saturday, uh, afternoon from, uh, from Warsaw, Poland, of course. And I think that's everything for the, not, not a lot of regional stuff this weekend. No, uh, no. Yeah. Not, not as much as usual, but a really busy weekend next week with PFL and one coming back. And uh, Jason, our buddy Jason, I wonder if he'll be commentating it with BFL uh, next weekend. So we'll talk, we'll talk, maybe talk about that next week. Although next week's going to be a really busy week. So we may not have time to look at the regional stuff next week, but if we do, we will. 
And now we finally will get to the big the big show. Uh, the UFC uh, from the Apex on. Uh, so this is a later show than some of these ones that have re- recently, because it's not starting until six Eastern. So probably gonna be going till about midnight. Um, and uh, big flyweight fight in the main event: Kaikar France and Amir Albazi. Uh, Got to think this is uh, maybe a title eliminator, especially for France, Car France. But uh, uh, real, yeah. real big maybe, fight. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. You know, but. Kind of a big, a big fight. Car France is uh, fighting for the first time since July, whenever he lost that interim title fight to Brandon Marino. But uh, yeah, and he's so, got a dangerous, dangerous guy. Uh, yeah, you know, good guy coming in with uh, five, five wins in a row, four of them by finish, four and zero in the UFC. Um, just been mowing through people, and even got a win over Zalgas Jimagulov, who's, yeah. um, you know, so this is a dangerous fight for him to take. I, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Albazi's been avoided from a uh, by a lot of by a lot of other flyweights, flyweights, and uh, for good reason. Very, very good fighter. 16, 16 and one, fourteen finishes. You know, like you said, four zero in the UFC, three finishes. Just a uh, just good all around fighter. Uh, purple belt, blue Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, uh, but a uh, car France. Power power puncher, city kickboxing guy. So he's training with Adesanya, Volkanovski, Dan Hooker, all that crew. All that crew has a lot of, has had a lot of exciting wins. Wins in the UFC, brutal knockout wins over Rogier Bunterine and Cody Garbrandt. And uh, yeah, uh, this is just this is the first flyweight. This is the first non-title flyweight fight to headline a UFC show since 2017. Wow. I remember. I would I not remember. have thought that, yeah. especially with like how hot that division has been the last few yeah, years. Yeah, it's the first one since uh, since when uh, Sergio Pettis and Brandon Moreno um, headlined a card in Mexico, Mexico City. Oh. But okay. uh, yeah, but yeah, very, very exciting main event, main event. It wasn't supposed to be the main event. This was supposed to be the, uh, the show with Jack Hermanson and Brendan Allen in the main event. But as far mm-hmm. as pulling a fight from that was on the card to the headline spot for five rounds. This was the right choice and it should be just a bar murder while it lasts. Especially for, uh, you know, for an apex card, um, yeah. you know, although uh, I feel like when this fight's over, we're probably going to be wishing it was in front of fans, depending on how it goes. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm wishing it's in front of fans before it starts. I mean, all these well, okay. be in front Fair of enough. fans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we, you know, we've that's not really been a secret for for us. But uh, there's there's a lot of big names on this card uh, besides the main event. Um, you know, I I mentioned it a little bit when we you know kind of looked ahead last week because we didn't have any cards to preview and just looking at some of the names and uh, and even one that got added that got me more excited. Um, and uh, you know, like all the way down to the prelims though, there's like real real big fights um so i don't know if is there any other one you wanted to spotlight before we we get into your three fights to watch uh we can get into the three fights to watch because okay one of them the one the, the big the big one number one on the list outside of main events the co-main event alex mm-hmm. caceres against daniel pineda caceres we've seen we've seen him grow up in front of our eyes just just been around the ufc since since 20 2011 2011 he's he came in 
came in, came in on the Ultimate Fire. He was five and two when he came in UFC. He's twenty and thirteen with one one uh, no contest. He's had an up and down career, but he's won six of his last seven. Last seven coming off a win over Julian Arosa. Arosa just uh, has gotten has drastically improved over the years and has fought a lot of big name guys, Ira Rodriguez. Um, let's see, Uriah Faber, Sergio Pettis <clears throat> has has lost to uh, Jason Knight, who we talked about being mm-hmm. an ultimate fighter. But uh, but yeah, he's ranked ranked black belt in jujitsu, and then Daniel Pineda, he's on his I think second or third UFC stint. Second, second, second. He's yeah. back. He was there back in 2012, 2013, 2014. 14 and then was released and then come back. He's, he's coming off of a win over Tucker Lutz and uh, his most incredible record is he's got 28 wins, all 28 wins by finish, 19 submissions mm-hmm. and, and nine knockouts. Never, never, never gotten a decision when he's, he's gone the distance, but they've all been losses. But uh, we, we yeah. talked, we, we talked about this before too, because not only that, he also has three, no contests that were all wins by finish before yeah, there were no contests. So he actually has 31 finishes. Well, in, well in during the actual fights. Well, two, two of them were, uh, two of them were overturned. One of one of the no contests was a, uh, was an eye poke. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. The two in PFL though. Yeah. The, um, yeah. The, against uh, Jeremy Kennedy and Movlitz <laughs> and Kaibala, which are not bad wins actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both of, yeah. Both of them yeah. were, one was a TKO of the, Kyle Bulov was a 29 second TKO finish, yeah. and then the Jeremy Kennedy one was a guillotine in four minutes. Yeah, those. Yeah, were- and then and then those were those were turned over like uh, overturned because of drug test failure. So he, uh, yeah, he's he's a finisher, and Caceres is a tough guy to finish. Like yeah. you know, um, I mean, he was submitted. Oh no, that's that was a grappling match. So I'm like looking. Okay, so the last time he was finished was against Cron Gracie in uh 2019 so that's over four years ago and uh you know he's, he's got a couple other submissions on his record so i you know but most of the time he feels like his fights go the distance so this you know i i would imagine odds are this fight isn't going the distance based on pineda's history but yeah. um if if it does go the distance the you know the uh history tells us it's probably going to go caceres's way because pineda's never won a decision yeah <laughs> so and, and then uh, uh Second fight to watch is also on the main card: Battle of Veterans, Battle of the, of the UFC veteran lightweight fight. Jim Miller uh, against uh, Jared Gordon. Uh, Gordon's coming in, taking this on short notice, but Jim Miller extending his all-time UFC fights record. Uh, this will be his what forty-second UFC fight, going for his twenty-fifth UFC win. Win against Jared Gordon. Uh, Miller, he's coming off the come off a tough loss to Alexander Hernandez in uh in in February into the three fight losings or three fight win streak that he was on he was on, but Miller's still a tough out. Always gonna be a tough out. He's uh fighting to get to UFC three hundred, which will be which he'll get to because that's less than a year away now. Yeah. Now, yeah, so he's, he's gonna, he's gonna he might have to start there. thinking about four hundred. Yeah, <laughs> I think it, I think it'll be done at UFC 300. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Jared Gordon coming off that that unfortunate no contest with Bobby Green where they had the clash of heads, and then Gordon went down and then got knocked out by Green, 
Green, and uh, he's a uh, only only got one win in his last three fights. So he's big... back already. That was like back a month already. ago. That was in April twenty second. It's kind of odd that he. Yeah, and he was yeah. knocked out. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> trust me, I'm kind of questioning, kind of yeah. questioning this. I guess you know he got cleared by the doctors and yeah, all that. Weird. It's, just, it's weird that he's back so soon, but. But yeah, but uh, I hadn't even thought of that. Like I was thinking about the Pimblet fight, and yeah. uh, you know, and and you know, for, totally forget blanket on that Bobby Green fight. And yeah, like you, when that was over, you thought, man, we're not going to see him again for six months. But here he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, my third fight to watch is uh, is a welterweight fight. It's closing out the prelims. Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov yeah. against uh, Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos. Dos Santos is. Back from a, uh, he's been out for almost uh, for a year and a half uh, due to drug test failure. But uh, when he's been around, he's been one of the most exciting and violent fighters, pretty pretty much in the UFC, not just in the welterweight division, but in the in the promotion. And uh, and he's very exciting. He's he's only he's lost two of his last four, but prior to that, he won what seven in a row. Seven in a row, and uh, and just he's had a lot of uh, crazy finishes. He uh, beat Sean Strickland, Strickland back in, tw- in uh, twenty eighteen with a with a wheel kick. Uh, beat Luigi Vendramini you know, with a flying knee. Is submitted Curtis Millinder, Millinder. Uh, just very exciting, exciting fighter. Uh, you know, kind of if you're building an all violence team with five fighters in each division, he'd probably be on the welterweight team. And then, uh, you got Nurmagomedov, you know, Dagestanin, you know, comes from the trains with Habib and all, all of them, you know, he, we know how well versed they are in wrestling. He's got two straight wins, wins still looking for his first UFC finish, but, uh, yeah, I uh, just, it's going to be, a battle for him to get Zaleski down and Zaleski can keep it on the feet. Their Magomedov might have quite a bit of trouble there. There. So yeah, just, that's a very, very interesting fight for me. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away, like maybe you like the bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday ticket, your out of market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So if if I was doing the three fights to watch, those are probably the three I would have picked. Yeah. But I will say, I if I if I gave you those three fights, I I have three other fights that I'll take, and I like the odds of of one of mine making winning the fight of the night better than yours. I think the main event probably will get the fight of the night. You know, if if it's half as good as it should be, but. We've got on the on the prelims like an awesome bantamweight fight. 
with uh, Daniel Santos and Johnny Munoz Jr., yep. which I think could steal the show. We got my guy, John Castaneda, Sexy Mexi. They're doing him dirty, putting him in against Mew and Gafurov. But that could also be a really exciting fight. But he's coming in. Um, you know, I think I think he's a pretty uh, well-regarded prospect uh, from LFA. He was on the Contender Series. Uh, he's been in one, uh, long-time one veteran. Uh, that's where I've seen him. Um, you know, and, and uh, finally going to make his UFC debut uh, on his uh, 23rd pro fight. And then the one on the main card that I think, you know, like is, is just awesome. It's like Tim Elliott and Vic- Victor Altamirano, another flyweight fight. Um, so, yeah, like this card is packed. And, you know, and we, we haven't even mentioned, you know, Andre Arlovsky <laughs> fighting on the card, um, yeah. which is insane. Um, but, uh, yeah, so why don't you take us through this card? Because it's deep. Like I said, I mean, yeah. a lot of times you'll go through these fights and there's, you know, like half dozen fighters on the prelims nobody's heard of. And there, there's names, like, all up and down this card. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. st- uh, starts off, uh, okay, prelims on ESPN Plus. It's at uh, 6 Eastern time, 5 Central, five central time, 13 fights total. Uh, prelims kicks off with a light heavyweight fight, Felipe Lins against Maxine Christian. That's a, I mean, that fight opening the card, that would be a main card fight, you know. Yeah, on, yeah it's weird. On some of these weaker shows, on some of these straight up that are just ESPN plus shows. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting, excuse me. That's an interesting light heavyweight fight. Then we have a Bantamweight fight, Damone Blackshear against Luan Lacerda. Then women's strawweight to Lee Reed against Jin Yu Frey. Then uh, back to Bantamweights, Daniel Santos against Johnny Munoz, which you talked about. Then we have a heavyweight fight, Andre Olofsky. He was trying to catch Jim Miller for most UFC <laughs> fights, but unfortunately got booked on the same card as Jim Miller. So, so he'll still be two behind. Two behind. I got it. Yeah, he's two behind Jim Miller. Miller's at forty-one. Arlovsky's at thirty-nine. So this will be Arlovsky's fortieth UFC fight. So only one of two men to ever do that. Yeah. But uh, he's fighting Dontel Mays. So we have Bantamweight fight uh, John Castaneda against short notice replacement Mune Ga- Gafurov, and then it closes out with the welterweights Abu Bakar and Magomedov against Elizu Zaleski dos Santos. Then a uh, main card, uh, nine Eastern time, eight Central time, uh, six fights. Okay, it's supposed to kick off with the lightweight fight, Jamie Malarkey against Kuram Kutaladze. Kutaladze, I heard, is out of the fight, and that Malarkey oh. does have a Malarkey does have a does have a replacement opponent, hasn't been named yet, should be named, possibly by the time you've heard the heard this. Check Twitter. I'll uh, whenever I know who it is is or it's announced i'll tweet it out or at least retweet it quote tweet quote tweet quote tweet marcel dorf whenever he gets gets it put up you know just uh but yeah malarkey still on the card uh then we have a women's flyweight fight kareem silva uh welcoming uh the invicta champion Catlin souza to the ufc that's a that's a very good uh women's 125 pound fight right there. Then we have flyweights Tim Elliott against Victor Altamirano. Then lightweights Jim Miller against Jared Gordon. Then the featherweight coming in, I talked about Alex Caceres against Daniel Pineda. And then Kai Kara France against Amir Albazi in the main event. I I think, and I, I could be wrong here, but I'm, I'm almost positive I'm not wrong. I think our Andre Arlovsky has the most wins of any UFC heavyweight. In the 2020s, he he's might. got six. 
He's got six. And we're halfway through 2023. I'm trying to think of who, who has maybe fought a lot. Have you? I, I can't think of any. Like Curtis uh, Blades was the one I thought it might be, but he's Garrett only got three. Lewis, four. Uh, Lewis lost, four. lost quite a um, few. It had to be yeah, somebody. Uh, it had to be somebody like middle of the road who's fought a lot. Yeah, but I don't know that there's any. Chase Sherman has fought a lot, but he hasn't won. He loses. Yeah, um, you know Chris Daukis. What um who um who's that Canadian um Bozer? No, he wouldn't be oh, him. No. I don't think. Uh, no, he, he's fought a lot, but he has, he's lost more. more yeah, Daukis has four. Um, see, Dalkus would be a candidate. It wouldn't be Lewis. I, I think Zorlovsky. I tried Googling it, but I couldn't, uh, yeah. couldn't find it. So I don't enough. really keep track of that stuff, but that's uh, we should ask uh, Mike Bone, Mike Bond. I bet you he'd know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, six and two. Uh, I looked up Lewis, he's got four, four wins in the 2020s. So yeah, it's on I'm, him. Just, I'm just trying to think who's been active in the pandemic era in Volkov. Uh, Volkov has. I don't think he's even fought six times. No, he's got five wins. He's five and two. Five, five and two. So five, five, yeah. I mean, you know, Tabura. Let's look at his record. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, Tabura. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. Tabura's got seven. Okay, there we go. I bet you that's it. Probably Tabura. In the since the pandemic era. Since, since yeah, starting well, his first one was just before the pandemic against Sergey Spivak, but in the 2020s, he's seven and one. Okay, that's yeah. kind of crazy actually that he's he's his record's that good, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's beaten uh, Spivak, Maxine Grisham, Ben Rothwell, Greg Hardy, Walt Harris, Alexander Romanov, and Blagoy Ivanov. Aspinall, uh, mm-hmm. I looked at Aspinall, I think it was like four. Okay, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's probably Tabura. But pretty impressive for Arlovsky. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and you talked about total fights. I mean, when you talk about heavyweights, no one's ever touching him. Like, he's got 39 total UFC fights, 23 wins. Um, next closest to him in, in terms of UFC heavyweight wins is Derek Lewis at 17. And for fights, it's uh, it's Frank Muir at 27, and he's got 39. Yeah, Soon Derek Lewis. Yeah, Derek Lewis is at 26. So. Yeah. So no, nobody's everybody, yeah, everybody else, everybody else on the list, only one still in the UFC steep and he's only at 18. So, yeah. And, and he's barely in the UFC. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got names like <laughs> Stefan. Stipe's at 18 and he might not make it to 20. Total he fights. might not make it to 19. Uh, I mean, we hope he does, but well, I think he'll, I think he'll make it to 19. But yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But yeah, pretty, uh, pretty solid card uh, this weekend. And I think that's the kind of card that, you know, people will, especially that's on ESPN, they're going to flip it on and they'll be like, Oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. And they might stick around and watch for a while, you know, especially if the fights are any good. Um, the, the downside of course, is it being at the apex, which I think, uh, is is something that people will turn it on and see oh apex now nah, i can skip this yeah so. i mean i've i think i've looked at shows that have been airing on espn that have been at the apex as opposed to ones that haven't been at the apex and the ones that at the apex which are very few in the last couple of years that actually get at, that actually get broadcast on espn but they're definitely lower rated than the ones that are in in, in arenas <laughs> Now that's twofold. One of it might be people looking at it and saying, "Oh, it's in the apex; it must not be important." But they also tend to put 
card like the, the you know the certainly the main events of the apex yeah. shows are not the kind of main events you put in front of fans um although i don't think most apex cards are not this loaded so mm-hmm. this this one will be interesting i think yeah um, for sure yeah yeah because again like you know jim miller you know bruce leroy i mean he's you know he's been fighting forever and Tim Elliott, and of course, if people don't know, it's Alex Sears I'm talking about because when you preview, I don't think you mentioned. I always look at him as Bruce Lee, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, he's one of the first guys that I kind of gravitated to when I started watching everything, you know, because um, that's right around that era when John Jones won the title, and that's when I started like never missing a show. And I, you know, I, I caught on with Caceres and the Ultimate Fighter, and he has such a unique personality that, you know, and I really kind of got into his story because he was like a 500 fighter for so long. And I always expected him to get cut and he never did. And I just, you, you kind of pull for the guy and he's kind of cool. So it's, it's nice to see him get a high profile uh, fight like this. Um, probably the, you know, other than the year Rodriguez fight, maybe the highest profile fight of his career, maybe. Um, certainly in the co-main event slot is pretty big. So, uh, our, I love this uh, question you came up with for our uh, In the Clinch question of the week. Um, and it's, who is the most entertaining villain in MMA history? Now, I instantly came up with a name, but I'm curious as to who you thought of when you came up with this question. I mean, I, I have several names. Okay. Names, so... Well, the one the one that I instantly think of, and and the funny thing is, is I wouldn't even say he's a villain now, but um, it well he certainly isn't, I don't think, but um, is Michael Bisping, um, and I I don't even know like if by traditional standards you would call him that, but I know for me, when I first started watching, this was a guy I just hated, and uh, just because he was cocky. And I, you know, and he took that, he accepted that win over um, Matt Hamill that I don't think he deserved and he played it up. And then, and then on the ultimate fighter, when he coached on the ultimate fighter and he spit in the face of one of the trainees on the other team, like I wanted to reach through the screen and choke that dude out. Like I was so mad. And then when he got knocked out by Dan Henderson, I was so happy like and and then yet when he later on won the middleweight title like from GSP I was like screaming and cheering that he beat a Canadian hero you know cuz like that's how much he turned around for me but he didn't um, beat he didn't beat GSP or no who did he beat oh Luke Rockhold, Luke Rockhold yeah. right well that's oh yeah of course of course oh and I hate Luke Rockhold so well, yeah so yeah that's when he became the hero to me um what am i what am i thinking that's you know what blame it on jet lag um but yeah yeah of course he beat luke rockhold um and uh and i and i hate luke rockhold so that you know but i was into mike michael bisping i had turned a corner on michael bisping before that um and uh so that was the culmination of, of his of his baby face turning <laughs> but was he was he one of the guys in your list yeah yeah okay yeah uh, uh entertaining villains so i automatically have to go chill of course of course i mean i mean the guy was just he he i mean he was pure pro wrestler pro pure pro wrestler obviously you know those of us those of us like us too and a bunch of our listeners who grew up watching pro wrestling we knew what he was doing the whole time but he made it work and just uh, he had the perfect foil on anderson silva but even even some of the stuff he would say, like the whole, whole 
the whole uh, Nogara brothers feed, feeding feeding the bus a carrot because they thought it was a horse, kind of <laughs> like that, and just the the just the uh, going to Brazil, going to Brazil and wearing the uh, the glasses with the fake nose and the mustache to uh to just to, to not be seen seen and all that and just everything with the promos against Anderson against Vanderlei against Tito against John Jones it's everything like he was entertaining and he he was a bad guy he's a self-proclaimed bad guy and he's fun in the cage and just just a hell of a fighter but just entertaining and all of his all of his jokes about about you know found the drug test drug test and then joking around joking around that that uh the drug test levels actually showed he had less testosterone in his system than he really did or just joke or making jokes about about they caught me they caught me at a low point stuff like that you know i i that. see the reason i never would think of chael Sonnen for something like this was because i love the guy yeah like and, you know so i wouldn't have considered him as a villain but obviously especially when you talk like these things you're talking about you know any normal person is gonna think he's a villain i yeah. just like for me like he sold me on so many pay-per-views yeah you know that when i was at a time when i was picking and choosing which shows i wanted to watch like i remember they had that <laughs> he was on that show on access he um he would inside he guessed, MMA. yeah yeah and he was on there and he basically like sold the Anderson Silva fight to me yeah. and and I and, and I'll be honest like Dana White did a damn good job of trying to convince people not to buy Anderson Silva fights because he would always slam him about you know being boring and everything and I'm not even going to have him headline and you know and all this I might not even put him on pay per view and meanwhile you know they, then you got Chael Sonnen like selling you on this fight and I bought that first fight based on Chael Sonnen promoting it on Inside MMA. And and then when he when he looked like he was going to win and then he got submitted with like 20 seconds left, I was like, oh my God, this is like the best pro wrestling match I ever saw, except it was an MMA fight. Um, it, you couldn't have booked that fight better. You know, and then <laughs> it did, they did a million buys on the, on the rematch, I think, um, yeah. which I went to live. Um, as as I think you did, and yeah. a lot of our friends, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, yeah, I thought of I thought as... of I thought of one that wasn't even in UFC, although I guess he was in yeah. UFC for a bit. Um, ben Askren. Yeah, I don't know if he's on your list. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, I would say I would say he you, you put him on a list, and 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 he's not like a traditional villain, but more like a cocky. You know, like a pro wrestling heel that yeah. you know, like knows he's good, and uh, but then like, but his gimmick is almost that he's not entertaining, except he actually is. Yeah. Um. You know, like when you actually watch his fights, like you know, Dana White would tell you that he was boring and he's a wrestler, and they, yeah. but when you actually watch his fights, they were exciting. Yeah, right. so, and yeah. not necessarily and the entertaining part. It's not necessarily all inside. It could be more outside. Yeah, uh, entertaining yeah. He's a great yeah. promo. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, other guys. I was thinking of. Obviously, you probably got to say Connor in the list because yeah. he's yep. entertaining. You know whether whether you see just whether you see him as a villain or not. It's it depends on who you. I bet he you sees ask, himself but, as a villain. Yeah, but uh, but uh, but yeah, but I mean, he's got the all time classic. He's got some of the best post fight or press conferences. Who the fuck is that? There. 
you know, just <laughs> the red panty night, just, yeah. just everything. Uh, others, uh, Brock Lesnar, just <laughs> yeah, 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 just he's just that post that his, UFC 100 promo. Oh my yeah, god, he was his own kind of entertaining. <laughs> Colby Covington to me is not entertaining, but he's definitely nope. a villain. Villain who, uh, who else? Joe he, Warren. Joe Warren. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you weren't as big into Bellator as I was. So <laughs> I don't think. Um, not back would, then. Would you or, put King Mo on the list? Maybe. I don't know that he was a villain per se. That's hard. Yeah, it's a hard one. But it's but he was great one. promo. Tito. And, Tito to some extent. Yeah, at times for sure. Like times, when yeah. he would do the 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 gimmick with the with the shovel, yeah. and you know, like uh, what, what was that with his with his pack of whatever they were? Like he was definitely the Team villain. Punisher, in the, yeah. In the um in the Chuck feud, right? Yeah. Yeah, and uh probably with Couture too. Yeah. Um and uh and then definitely later on. And then he kind of turned a corner and was was maybe a bit of a hero. Um I would think and even in some hmm, I, I'm thinking I'm trying to think of some buddy that would be John Jones, but like I don't know how entertaining he is. I think he's just great. <laughs> And I don't know, yeah. Uh, Cejudo, Cejudo try, tries too hard to be a bad guy. Yeah, so, he's in the Covington category. Yeah. Um, and uh, would anybody, anybody from like the, because uh, you you did say MMA history, so I'm wondering if there's anyone in the uh, trying like to in, think like Pride. Or, trying to think of who you know the Diaz's. They weren't ever Diaz's not, weren't ever villains though yeah well i guess it depends on your perspective but i think that you know they're always people cheered them um oh paul daly yeah josh koscheck gosh yeah there, there's a good one right there <laughs> yeah yeah god what an asshole <laughs> yeah 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 I don't, I don't know why i didn't think of him first i said i started a facebook group and i still to this day get requests to join it and i never like it just i didn't know how facebook worked back then and i you know i didn't do anything with it but it was i was trying to get people to get um josh kosher to come out to kanye west runaway uh for his fight with gsp because that's the one, like, let's say, let's have a toast for the douchebag, have a toast for the assholes, you know, like, it's basically just, you know, like, but he, but the great thing about Koshik was he knew exactly what he was doing. And, and you got the sense that he's actually probably a pretty decent guy, but he knows how to, he knew his role and he, and he played it to perfection. And uh, yeah, he, he's great. We should have had him near the top of the list. Yeah, opinion. yeah, that's a really, that's a really good one too. Matt Sarah, you know, at times too, especially in the GST GSP um, feud. But I'm yeah. Canadian, so you might not feel that way. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm a, I was a massive GSP fan, so so yeah. yeah. But uh, entertaining. Here's one entertaining. I don't know, but definitely a maybe villain or asshole if you want to talk about Matt Hughes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Well, and I mean in later life it was yeah, definitely not entertaining uh, what he became, but um when he was at the height of his career for sure. Like I think and, and probably in that Ben Askren category of, you know, like just really really good and cocky, but not necessarily entertaining in the cage, but definitely effective. I would think. Um of course I didn't I kind of missed some of his peak. But the highlights that I've seen, the promos, 
just a guy like kind of a, like a Luke Rockhold, you know. And I would even put Luke Rockhold on that list, but I don't think most people consider him a villain like I do. I don't know what it is. I have an irrational hatred for that dude. Yeah. Um, uh, and and I think it's just you know that cocky jock, you know, like that you know the the the, the most popular guy in school that nobody likes, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, so I I you know again I don't know. Um, and does anybody in like Strike Force or yeah? I think we've covered a pretty good Strike Force. Here. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I can't really think. Rhonda, so Rhonda, Rhonda, yeah, Rhonda yeah. later. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Well, know I think a... all along, I think a lot of people <laughs> looked at Rhonda as a villain. Um, you know, um, it wasn't until later when she kind of, I wouldn't say she embraced it, but she kind of understood what was happening. Yeah. Um, and and it's unfortunate that she never really had Amisha, maybe the closest to like a strong rivalry, um, in terms of like. The other side, but I think there was a lot of people that didn't like Misha either. So, um, but uh, I think they both definitely helped each other. Uh, Cyborg, hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know that she, she was ever a villain or all that entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, uh, just kind of clueless in some ways. Frank um, Mir, Frank Mir, Frank Mir, yeah, 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 yeah. Although it's funny because you you said Brock and yeah. like you know and and really the the biggest fight that the two of them ever had was with each other. Um, and I guess depending on your perspective, which one of them would have been healed, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, so this is a good one. You know what? Um, if people, I might even clip this one and put it up on the YouTube. And if people are listening um, or you know watching, and uh, you want you want to let us know what you think your most entertaining build is. There anyone we didn't think of, or is there any memories you have of some of these people um, that you want to share? You know, you can uh, send us a DM or you know comment in the Discord or even put it on the YouTube if we if we clip it up there. So because um, I'd be interested in hearing people's thoughts. Because yeah, yeah, I think it's an important part of um, of what makes ufc and mma um what people watch you know yeah and i think it's something that's kind of severely lacking these days because mm-hmm. you're only you're only one ones that are coming off like that or there are colby who's too try hard too try hard and is too cheap yeah does it does too too many cheap things cheap things to where to where like you know you're not a villain you're just an asshole kind of thing <laughs> i think all i think aljo is the closest we have right now yeah he's just there's an irrational hatred for it yeah that a lot of people have that but me personally i don't understand maybe but i think I'm he's starting to lean into liking, it but he, he definitely is starting to lean into it which yeah. is good yeah, it's going to make him money. I think Woodley had a chance to do that, and then his just he kind of his career tapered off, and yeah. I think he was right kind of hitting that level at Sterling's at now, and and then he just like his performance <laughs> in the cage didn't, didn't add up. And I think I think actually Sean O'Malley might have some of that coming his way, yeah, and yeah. because I think See people are going to re- resent him. Um, you know, and especially if he wins a title, I, I, I do believe like he's got a lot of fans and they're passionate fans, but, yeah. but I think there's a lot of people on the other side who are going to look at him like, oh, he's, you know, trailer park trash. He shouldn't have got pushed like he did. He's, you know, like uh, he's gotten favorable matchups, you know, all this stuff. And, uh, and then the way he talks and he's going to be cocky, you know, I, I could see, and if there's like another guy that comes up, I could see that, you know, being a really cool dynamic because O'Malley's a star. 
and uh regard and i think that's another key is for any of this to work you actually have to be good in the cage and you have to have that star presence that not everybody has so yeah yeah all right uh are we have to talk about um and uh, we've been talking about this for a while in fact i didn't even realize this first broke in like january i was just reading an old observer today actually and uh, it was like ariel hawani talking about this in, like the first week in january i think uh, i talked about it late last year yeah you probably remember, did remember yeah. when we were doing our bid yeah our, yeah our big, oh yeah uh, you predicted bellator's control, things yeah. and i go i go like this, and i think i said something like this is a prediction that I think is actually going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean, it hasn't happened started, yet. Because but... that was when I was first hearing – that was when I first was hearing that, that they were definitely for sale. Yeah. yeah, Paramount was looking to get dumped them. And so, yeah, of course, Bellator. And, um, I mean, there's some there's some interesting names, uh, names that have been bandied about, um, including – uh, well, what, what did you specifically want to talk about? Because I had heard okay. something, but I think I might have it wrong. Okay, well, what did you hear first? Well, somebody about the Saudis, or is that PFL? That's PFL. But, okay, okay, uh, never mind. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. This was kind of part of it, part of okay. the, this talk. But yeah, the, apparently, supposedly, uh, PFL is getting a big investment from the Saudis, from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> now, this is this is different than Abu Dhabi. I mean, you know, remember, remember, people, those are two different countries. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like to think that they're one and the same when they're when they're not. You know, Abu Dhabi is not as restrictive and is a much more progressive and open open minded place than Saudi Arabia is. You know, you can I mean, you don't have to. Women can fight in the UFC and not have full body suits. We'll put <laughs> put it that way. But uh, but yeah, but anyway, yeah, they're getting an investment from from uh from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is is uh. You know, the, supposedly they're going to build a, you know, a, a place similar to Performance Institute over there, over there for PFL. So, so now they can afford to pay Francis. <laughs> I mean, they keep getting all these investments, but there's no returns on any money. Well, uh, I mean, Saudi Arabia just seems to want to d donate, like donate, um, invest <laughs> or donate is probably a better word, <laughs> um, money to these companies and, and, you know, like, you know, all these sports and live golf. And uh, I think they, they have, they tried to buy F1, they tried to buy WWE, like they're, you know, they're just trying to get their, get their hands in American companies to try to improve the image of their country, country. Yeah. And but I mean, yeah, these like this this sounds like we're talking like tens of millions of dollars that are going to get yeah. pumped into PFL, which yeah. just you know they they can't help but be number two, especially with Bellator being for sale. And you know, depending on what happens there, like some of these names I'm hearing, I'll be honest, I'm not terribly optimistic. I've heard PFL is gone from ESPN after this year. Wow! So then because because uh, because something. Because what I've heard is Francis Francis's deal is exclusive. His fights are supposed to be exclusively on DAZN, which oh, is wow. why he's not. Which is which is a big reason why he's not fighting until next year in MMA. Okay. Because all because PFL has to deal with ESPN through through at least this year, and uh, and they're supposed to be on pay per views, pay per views promoted by DAZN. Well, if PFL has a deal with ESPN, they're supposed to be on ESPN Plus pay per view, like the last one was. So, oh, so shit. which I think is is done. Which I don't, I don't think they're getting paid all that much anyway. 
If, I can't imagine that that show didn't <clears throat> a thousand buys. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, but uh, anyway, back to the Bellator sell yeah. rumors. Uh, more or more of them. It sounds like there's. Two, it sounds like the buyer is going to be some kind of investment firm. You know, we've heard a we've heard a lot of uh, heard a lot lately about Anthem is actually funded by an investment firm, and it could be the same investment firm that kind of owns Anthem. Which so, so but, Anthem for those that don't know, <laughs> own Invicta. Um, as well and, as, uh, as as Impact Wrestling and as well other. as Access TV, right, 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 yeah. yeah. So then yeah, they so, may get on Access TV. Yeah, the big thing. The big thing is uh, supposedly the sale number for Paramount or Paramount or Viacom wants to sell them for two hundred million. And apparently, <laughs> yeah, that's apparently the sell price. <laughs> So, oh my god <laughs> oh wow have you not I, don't heard think, that? I don't think they're gonna get it <laughs> have you not heard that well, no. they, yeah and apparently the apparently there's been offers but the offers have only been like tens of millions no i can't believe i mean i don't you know i'm not a i'm not a like a monetary strategist or anything but i will say that I had a conversation with somebody in the know about what a, a wrestling company was worth about six years ago. And my number was the same as what that person said. Yeah. So in my educated opinion, I would say Bellator right now is worth no more than $10 million. No, it's worth more than 10 million. Uh, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you so, might be wrong, but yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't see it. Like I don't see if, how anyone can make money with this company. Yeah. If there was, if there was, a television rights deal attached to it. Yeah, you, you that's could, what I'm saying. You get to turn them in. There's no television rights deal attached to attached to it. So right. So, so what are you buying? That's the big key. What you're buying essentially, you're buying essentially a promotion with five fighters in, and whatever the you know contracts. You're, you right. Know, exactly. You're, you're buying a bunch of debt. Be, be, yeah, because <laughs> because like, what happens when you're a buyer when it buys it. Well, yeah, the, yeah. Viacom, the value Viacom, is in the the value is, in the is canceled. Yeah, the Viacom's canceled, canceling yeah. you, so you don't have a TV home, TV home. So now you're having to come up with your own own TV deal on top of. On do top they of own? That. I wonder if they own their own footage, or if that's yeah. part of the sale. Maybe I don't. I don't know, but yeah, the asking price is supposedly 200, 200 million, and they're only getting offers for tens of millions. What did uh, you know? What Strike Force sold for? Uh, yeah, I had those. I feel like it was around that 15, 20 million mark. It was a little um, bit and more. they had a deal at the time they got sold. Yeah. Um, now the deal got canceled within a year, but. Um, I believe Strike Force sold for 40 million. 40 they okay. had a They had a Showtime. They had a, they had a Showtime. Uh, they had a TV rights deal with Showtime for, for uh, big money. When and they had, the, they had the they had the archives which included the Diaz's, Rousey, um, you know, <laughs> you know um, yeah, I mean, you know, go, going back to Elite XC, they had that, they own that too. I yeah, think. Strike Strike Force sold sold for forty million, and they had at that time they had the TV rights deal with Showtime that was high six, low seven, low yep. seven figures per event, plus plus Showtime covered production cost, so that was. You know, when Zufa bought that, that was it. 
that was a big deal. And Zufa bought Pride for seventy million, which included a seven year seven year non compete for Saki Kabara, Saki Ibarra. Right. And, which uh, he started up rising as soon as that ended. Yeah. So yeah. I just that, yeah. So, I well and they I mean they were basically paying for the for the archives. Um, you know, in that in those cases too. And fighter contracts. Bypass, and fighter, fighter contracts. Contract. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. I just, I mean, you can ask for two hundred million all you want, but I, <laughs> I, I can't yeah, with no, yeah, yeah. I mean, if there was a, if there was TV rights deal, and they were going to come in with a t- television contract with Showtime, Paramount Plus, and CBS specials, I could see them getting two hundred million. But, I um, like to me, like Impact Wrestling might be worth more than Bellator, and I don't think Impact Wrestling is worth much. Like. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, because they got that archive and they, I mean, they don't have a paying TV deal. Well, they do have some internationally, but um, I, yeah, I just, this is, this one's baffling. Good, good luck to them if they can get it. Yeah, um, the biggest, but, biggest problem is, you know, the suitors are not known without their, what they're buying without evaluate, exactly. evaluate. And it's hard to know evaluation of a company if there's no media rights deal. deal. Right. And, and I mean, and I'm sure people are going to look at UFC and say, oh, yeah, well, they're worth, you know, whatever I think it's like fourteen billion is 12.1 billion. Well, certainly we're worth one sixtieth of that. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, whatever, whatever that is, or one sixth of that at two hundred million. Because yeah, we get we get one sixth of their viewership. So you know, we we must be worth two hundred million. That's that's the logic that they would use. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, good luck. Uh, and uh, see if they keep Scott Coker around. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, all right. We got some interesting news, including some Bellator uh, starting off. Yeah, they're introducing a flyweight division. So Okay. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, 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 why are they introducing a new division that they're supposedly for sale? Well, you got to keep running business as usual. Yeah. You know, once, once you start not doing stuff, that's when, that's when you start, you know, Maybe you're not worth two hundred million or whatever, you know. They also uh, they also announced a bunch of uh, matches for their uh, their card in Dublin in September. So yeah, and they announced a, your... they announced a Japan show too. Wait, to, what is that going to be? End of the year? No, no, uh, July. Oh, I didn't. I missed this one. I don't think I got the yeah. uh, the the email. Let's um, just see one out. So now, yeah. uh, shit, it's not even listening on Wikipedia. The but it's the, a riot. It's a Bellator Rising show that's gonna have the. Uh, it's gonna. Here we go. I got it. Uh, July thirtieth. Okay. July thirtieth. Uh, Bellator Rising to Japan. Yeah. Uh, it. Uh, let's see. It's gonna have the inaugural. Flyweight title fight with a uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, and uh, who else? Uh, what is it? Uh, well, that's Shin, that's Shinru. Shinru. Oh, that they, okay. That's yeah. I mean that's the place to have that fight. And then uh, AJ McKee against Pat Patricky Pitbull on the uh, really the lightweight Grand Prix. That's the main event. Really. Wow, that's the second fight that he's had in Japan. In like, because he fought on the uh, the year end Ryzen versus Bellator show too. Yeah, uh, AJ. 
Who the hell else they announced? I, I don't know if you saw this, but um, there's that card that they have coming up in Sioux Falls in July. And yeah. James Gallagher, who is like a headliner for them, usually when they go to Ireland, he's fighting on the prelims of this card in South, South Dakota. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? Just, okay. You know, whatever. I guess they needed uh, to get him a fight. I guess. Um, and I mean, the guy and the guy he's fighting is actually pretty good. So, yeah. it, you know, might not be. It's, it's actually a pretty good card by a Bellator Sanders because they've also got Lu- Lucas Brennan on the prelims. And, uh, <laughs> and then this other one, Michael Blaukas, 0-0 against Eli Mefford, 0-4. I guess Blaukas is a prospect that they're high on. But yeah. um, it's still I'm surprised that they put that on their media release. Um so yeah, so that uh, that Bellator, uh, a couple Bellator uh, interests. So yeah, that flyweight. I th- I think that's a good location for that flyweight fight though, um, because the the fans there are, are more into the lighter weight fighters in in Japan. So that could it could be a lot of fun there. Um, and then you've got UFC TV deal talks. Yeah, Ari Emanuel. He uh, was talking about UFC TV deal rights because they're coming up on renegotiations. I think. Next year, yeah, next year I think they're dealing in 2025 is the last year, I believe. But uh, anyway, there was talk, they're talking about possibly splitting it up between a bunch of different different broadcasters, kind of like what real sports do or other sports do, like basketball and baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what he was talking about this past past week. You know, obviously, a lot of these talks are always negotiation tactics, yeah, you know, and 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 really if the smart thing would be if you can get one company to pay for everything like they do now with Disney and ESPN ESPN plus i mean that would be probably ideal in my opinion in my opinion because you could build partnerships with that company and you have that company promoting you constantly instead of only promoting you when they have an event coming up on their on their you know yeah. you get the year round you get year round promotion 24 7 24 7 but uh yeah but uh you know we'll see in a couple of years you know uh wouldn't surprise me if they do a bunch of deals you know i i don't i think they're too i think they're too valuable right now for espn especially the espn plus that i think disney will be involved as long as jimmy pataro is around i think espn will always be involved well from the from now on it's just a matter of if they get other places, you know, if they get Amazon involved or Apple involved, and a lot of it will be, I could see a lot of it, what Endeavor does with the WWE TV deals. Maybe they get some of those, those partners involved. You know, I can't, I can't see uh, NBC Universal not being a part of WWE, you know, in some form. Right. So maybe they're, maybe they're, uh, they're gonna maybe they get involved. Who knows? Who knows? But it's just 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 a lot of talk. But I, I think you're right though, because I think a, a big part of why they're as hot as they are right now is because ESPN is constantly promoting their shows, and and if they all of a sudden you know only have a third of the shows, then they're not going to be promoting the you know the um, the NBC shows or the Amazon shows no. as heavily. They'll still talk about them because they're sports news, but they won't they won't yeah. have the focus that they do now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. What's this Dana White and Adam Sandler? And, and okay. So, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, Dana was on Pat McAfee's show, 
and he was talking about, uh, you know, they were talking about the the Conor McGregor Netflix series. Okay. So, uh, which we will. Yeah, we're going to talk we, about. We're going to talk about it. Talk about that more one one day when we both finish watching it. Yeah, watching it. And we have we neither one of us have finished it, uh, but uh, but uh, he talked about their uh, they got some television projects in the works. One of them is with Roku, the Roku uh, television television. They're doing a behind the scenes documentary of of uh, the UFC of working in the UFC office. Okay, office so. Uh, so you know, dot actual documentary, and uh, Dana White said him and Adam Sandler are talking about doing a sitcom, a UFC series sitcom, uh, uh, office life based on office life in the in the UFC. That could be of. that could be interesting. Yeah, so, a so, show. yeah, like a, so like um like an almost like an office or a Parks and Rec kind of thing. Yeah, both these both these things are supposed to be. You know, one of them is a documentary behind the scenes of, yeah. of the UFC offices, and one of them is a sitcom about working in the UFC offices. Okay, okay. So, you know, yeah. I guess dealing with fighters, and you know, maybe, maybe the Adam Sandler sitcom that they're talking about is, you know, kind of a play like on him, Dana, Dana. Maybe him playing job. like a exaggerated version of Dana White. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay, um, and uh, Nunez. Nunez's comments on Aldana and Pena. Yeah, uh, Amanda Nunez was asked about the Irene Aldana fight, and she said that uh, originally that she was supposed to be fighting Aldana all along, and oh. claiming that Juliana Pena kind of uh, cried her way into a trilogy fight, almost, <laughs> almost kind of wouldn't leave, wouldn't leave Dana and the matchmakers alone until she got it, and wasn't accepting any other fights basically kind of forced them to give her the give her the trilogy fight right away okay so, so and then, and then the, she pulls out anyways she pulls out i mean does have broken ribs right, right, right so right. it's a legit injury but but yeah but you know kind of nunez kind of kind of was just like i don't saying Adonia was the one i was supposed to fight all along the one i wanted to fight all along you know stuff like that um <laughs> Alexi Olenek. Yeah, I have, I have a couple. Well, not just him, but uh, just a couple of UFC veterans who fought on a regional scene this this weekend. Alexi Olenek being one of them, his first post-UFC fight. And it didn't go good. He got knocked out by a massive right hand by Ollie Thompson in a fight in Moscow, Russia on a Saturday. Ollie Thompson. So, wow. The yeah. Cage Warriors, I think. He fought in the UFC as well. Yeah. Once yeah. or twice. I didn't even know he'd been cut, Olenek. Yeah, well, I don't know that necessarily cut as or contract, contract or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and then and then Sam Alvey uh, got his first oh, win God. in like how many ever years in, in a fight <laughs> in a fight somewhere somewhere. They'll uh, probably first, end up bringing him back. Yeah, and uh, of course, of course, he did what everybody else does and called out the uh, Paul brothers afterwards. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Hey, soul system. Um, and uh, I BJ, have BJ Penn listed here, and this is uh, our this is like our this make fun of make oh. fun of stuff like we did with Tito and yeah and Mike Perry. This is just pointing out stupid comment made by BJ Penn on Instagram where he called CTE fake. He he said CTA is CTE is faker than the coronavirus. 
So, oh, <laughs> well, um, it's and not this fake. Is coming from someone who probably has CTE. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Say what you want about Corona, but we know CTE is not fake, and it's a very real, real thing. Well, I, I you know, very... say what you. <laughs> yeah, it's BJ Penn. What, what, yeah. what am I going to say? Yeah. I I could go on, but I don't need to. Um, yeah, I just like we we were yeah. talking about about the Corona today or this weekend in Vegas actually. Um, about how they think I was patient zero last year. Yeah, that well, gave everyone at the Fiking Media and and F4W uh, uh, the Rona because I was just one <laughs> to recover. So it's my fault. Yeah. Blame well, Paul. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully nobody got it this year. I don't think so. And and if we did, we just that was the other thing we talked about. Is like, well, I don't even think you have to take time off anymore. You just yeah, go to work. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Do, do we even know it? Yeah, if we do have. It, I I will it. say I saw a lot of people in masks this this year. I would maybe more than last year, but believe it or not, I yeah. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, let people do what they want. Yeah, um, yeah, they, I have no they, problem with it. Yeah, I feel like it made made a lot more people conscious on that. Yes. The fact that you can yeah. pick up yeah. pick up diseases diseases more easily. Yeah, easily with germs, and you know, and if people, I always tell people, you know, I don't, I don't, what other people doesn't. But, doesn't do doesn't bug me it's like no. when somebody was asking me about about what people say about you on social media i go i told somebody i go like what people say about me on the internet affects me as much as a dog barking three neighborhoods over like like <laughs> yeah. come on it doesn't bother doesn't bother me i know some people still get triggered and they have to comment by people you know about people wearing masks and vice versa but just let people live their lives you know See the score of the uh, Dallas, yeah, uh, yeah, Vegas game, <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. So it's uh, Vegas and Florida for the Vegas and Florida game. in the finals. Yeah, six nothing. Wow, they smoked those boys. Yeah. yeah. Well, what was Vegas? What seed were they? They they're brand new. They they just came in no. uh, six years ago. No, what seed were they? Oh, what seed? Uh, I want to say like three or four. Okay, because um, Florida, 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 Florida was eight. eight. Florida was eight. They made yeah. the playoffs on the last day of the season. If Pittsburgh had beaten the New York Islanders, they would have – I think it was the Islanders. They would have knocked Florida out of the playoffs. Like that's how close they didn't even make it. So it's just like the NBA with uh, the Heat. Um, you know, um, the same thing. And and now so we're guaranteed to have a, a brand-new Stanley Cup champion because neither team has ever won a cup, uh, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, and then Miami just beat Boston in the NBA. So wow, wow! So it's Miami and Denver. So, yeah, cool. So cool. That, Miami was an A seed as well. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, so Vegas is actually the favorite in the finals, which is uh, interesting. Um, so we got some fight announcements. Not um, many of them. <laughs> no, no, there's not much here. Although the Bonfim boys both have fights. The Bonfim so cool. boy boys are back in action. Uh, yeah, uh, UFC Fight Night. Uh, July 1st, Ismail is fighting Benoit Saint-Denis. Uh, Saint-Denis was originally supposed to fight Vince Pichel, but Pichel pulled out, so Bonfim is stepping in. And then UFC 291 on July 29th in Salt Lake City, Gabriel Bonfim is fighting Trevin Giles. Ooh, that's a pretty and big, big one. UFC fight night, uh, August 5th in Nashville, uh, Vivian Arujo against Casey O'Neill. And a pair of flyweight fights: Tagir Ulanbekov against Jake Hadley, and Ode Osborne against Asu 
Almabayev. So there's that. Casey O'Neill is uh, she's a, a good prospect, right? Yeah, yeah, she's coming off that loss to Jennifer Maya. Yeah, the last London card, but uh, yeah, and then one other uh, event location, a December fight night show will be taking place in Atlantic City. Oh, cool. Uh, when they haven't fought in Atlantic City in a long time, eh? Last one was uh, I'm trying to think without looking it up. Uh, I, like, I want to say, like, I want to feel like it was 2000s. a it was a show that uh, I think it was Kevin Lee against Edson Barboza. It was a few oh. years ago. Okay, a few okay. years ago, 2018, 2017. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know why I thought it was a lot longer than that. They did um, the uh, yeah the the first uh, cowboy Jim Miller fight was there as well back in okay 2014. So okay, that was like, but they used to run there in the old uh, <laughs> used to run in the old yeah. yeah. All right, well that'll uh, that'll do Let's it. See, I, have it I have it here now. Yeah, 2018 Barboza against Lee. Okay, cool. April 2018. That uh, all right. So uh, that'll just about do it. Uh, Ryan, uh, tell the people where they can find your stuff. Well, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Ryan J. Frederick, even though I've been taking a little bit of break from Twitter, Twitter for the most part. And, uh, and yeah, and uh, I'll be back on the front page of F4W Online with uh, coverage of this weekend's UFC show coming up. Yeah, and, uh, and hopefully... First, uh... first, first UFC show... You know, this one is the first of, I think, there's a UFC show every Saturday through at least the end of August. Wow. With a bunch of pay-per-views coming, International Fight Week, and yeah, so it's going to be a busy couple months for uh, for Ryan and Dana and everyone else. Um, But uh, yeah, you can can check that out, and you can interact with both Ryan and I on on Fight Nights when we're (laughs) tweeting. Um, And... uh, and I'll be uh, I I've just got the regular stuff. So I got the dynamite show this this coming week with uh, Jeff Hawkins uh, on uh, on the Fight Game Media Patreon, which you can subscribe to at patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media, just five bucks a month. And uh, and then Ryan, and I'll be back next week to uh, recap this show from the Apex. And then I think I guess we'll be previewing the Vanco- the uh, Vancouver show, right? Or Calgary? Yep. It's a Calgary. Vancouver. Vancouver. It's Vancouver, right, right, right. Um, the uh, that big. Uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be. It's fight. supposed to be Cal. It was supposed to be Calgary, and yeah. then Calgary, Calgary uh, decided at the last minute. Well, we need to we need to hold the hold the venue in case the Flames make the playoffs. Yeah. So UFC decided. Oh well, if you're going to do that, we're going to go to Vancouver, and then two days later, Calgary was like, out. "Never mind, we're not. They're not in the playoffs. You can have the building." Too late. We done. We done. Book Vancouver and announced tickets on sale. And then they fired their coach and their GM. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, hopefully Calgary gets a show. Such soon. a such a botch by Calgary and there. Absolutely. Arena. People. people oh, you know. You not just, the only one. You cost made. yourself. You cost your. You cost your arena a massive gate right there. Yeah. They're building a new arena. I don't know if you you heard that. <laughs> I did. Um, that, that was just uh, made official over the weekend. So. Um, so. For Ryan, I've been Paul, and Ryan, take us home like you always do. All right. hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week, and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.